Are you a podcaster? Maybe you've got that big idea and you're looking for a network to join. The multi-award-winning Ozcast Network can get your content to eyes and ears all over the world. Join now for the first month free, and you could be featuring this sound at the beginning of your podcast. Ozcast. Simply head to ozcastnetwork.com for details. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, another episode of the Unlaced Podcast. Uh, I want to thank all you guys that are new here. Please, if you can, give us a like and subscribe. It's how we grow. If you are back again, you know I love you. Now, for those that haven't seen the last episode with Prime Train, I never thought I could meet a more beautiful human than me, but geez, he outdid me. He's a gorgeous looking man and an absolute superstar around the AFL scene, what he's doing in the community. Uh, and he's just massive on Instagram and TikTok. So please go back and check that episode out. Now, um, this is a big episode because we've got a goddess of the netball court in Maddie Brown. <laughs> Why are you laughing at that? It's a oh, true, it's a true I mean, story. You're a sucker. I am. I am. I am. I'm not going to go into our Instagram DMs leading into this, but Jesus, I did push, I did push the limit here to try and get you on the show, but thank you for coming on. Pleasure. How are you? How is life? Great. Can't complain. Yeah. Retired. My knees are shit. Um, yeah, living the dream. Are your knees still buckled now, like day-to-day um, life, or is it better now that there's no pressure on them? They are better. Um, I mean, I think when I last saw so the last surgeon and he was like, look, you're going to have to think about a quality of life here. I mean, I know you love netball, but let's let's think about walking. Oh, um, yeah, so, yeah, I'm, I'm a lot better off the fact that I don't have to deal with it. But, um, yeah, I guess my whole journey has been dealing with injuries with my knees or just managing my knees. So, Fuck me. Yeah. It's, it's a challenging world. And your sister's not uh- – unbeknown to that too and we've had her on this podcast so i just curious if you're feeling a little bit of pressure because oh, as we said before surprisingly she had some really good numbers i'm not surprised why are you surprised <laughs> because i didn't i didn't expect anything i didn't really know much about netball until she came on i did all this research i'm like fuck, netball's actually massive in this country it is huge um huge participation i think nearly any female you go to you go to a family gathering they're like oh i played netball or yeah. you know there's mixed netball um men's international netball is hitting the scene in the next really? um, couple of weeks. So yeah, it's going to be televised on Fox Sports. So it's, um yeah, it's starting, everything's starting to grow. So what, like great. a professional league of men's? Yes. Yep. There has wow. been for years. Maybe there is a future for me. Yeah. Surely. Oh, watch out. <laughs> yeah, that, you know what always gets me? And, and this will be for the, you know, the non-Nepple fan that somewhat doesn't comprehend the game as well as most people, especially you, but like the obstruction and no contact rule, like that's where I, cause it's even like they're not touching, but they still get caught a foul on. So that's where I'm like, that's where I think I would fall down. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people go, oh, yeah, it's not contact. But then when you actually go watch it live, you're like, there's a lot of physical contesting, but it's then how you control that contesting. You know, you yeah. go watch footy and it's like, bang, hit the ground. It's like, oh, no, you got to get up in the air. you got to contest. you got to land. You then got to, oop, get out of the way. <laughs> yeah, so, full on. Yeah. Well, just just on your sister, you're obviously living with her now. How is, um, how is that? And I guess- for you as an older sister now watching her play in sort of the peak of her career, how's that been too? Well, first of all, the living situation. I think when we told mum and dad, they were like, oh my goodness, we could have one less child in a couple of months. (laughs) That's, I think, where they thought it was going. But um, growing up, Kelsey and I were always really, really close um, and we have had a really strong bond. Um, But then we kind of separated a little bit when our own paths tried Mm. to kind of, I guess, find who we were apart from each other. 
And then as we've got older, it's like brought us back together and we're like our relationship's probably in the best place it's ever been. Really? So, yeah, it was like one of those things where I was like, yeah, okay, let's do it. Um, we kind of like love the fact that it's like, okay, you go do you, I'll go do me. If we sit and have dinner together, awesome. But when the door slams, you're not asking where I'm going. I'm a fully grown adult. <laughs> do not be my parents. Oh, so you've got that separation good now. Yeah. Of like you don't like, cross that it's, line. It's hard because we actually rarely see each other. So really? we obviously just went away overseas for five weeks oh, and it yeah. was literally <laughs> the most time we've spent with each How other. How was that actually? How was the trip? Incredible. Yeah, you did a whole Incredible. Europe trip with your sister. Yeah. You didn't punch on? Nothing? Europe girl things. It was yeah. awesome. <laughs> Europe was, girl things. <laughs> where did you go? I know you went to Greece. Yes, we went to London. We worked for a week. And then we did Amsterdam, Greece, Three Islands, Italy, and then Portugal. Back to the Melbourne cold. Yeah. Yeah. And then back to the Melbourne cold. But even that, like once you get to know us, our personalities are very different. Um, I was the planner. She just paid and enjoyed all the fun. So, yeah, like um, it's like know your role, play your role when you come to us. Yeah. But living together has been amazing. It's been really good. Like we've got a great understanding um, of each other now and so much love and respect and I guess getting to go and watch her play. Yeah. Um, I think maybe years ago it was like, oh, are we competing, you know, against each other? But there's so much love and respect. Like I just want her to be the best she can absolutely be. Like I hope she gets back into those – that Diamonds team, she bloody deserves to. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah, I hope she gets to go to the next World Cup, the next Com Games and play as long as she can. So yeah, it's it's a real proud moment to get to sit there and watch her. And now that I'm commentating, I sometimes have the best seat in the house. Absolutely. Well, I'm just going to caveat that answer with when you guys were young that you did reject her from a basketball shot and dislocate her shoulder. So <laughs> uh, there, there was a time where they weren't so loving, just so you all know. Yeah. Kelsey did say was at its highest. Yeah, which, and I can imagine her being the younger sister. You would have always been bigger and better at times, so it would have been hard for her. But um, your journey, like you've actually had one hell of a journey. You've got a big story to tell. I do. Do you – and. We don't really do modest on this podcast, so if you <laughs> think you're going to come in and play a straight bat, that's not going to happen. Okay. But do you have have people forgotten like actually how good you were at netball because of I guess how your career ended with the injuries? Um, probably. That's fine. I think they have. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. I, think, I don't know. Is there like been a better player over the last ten years than you? Like, yeah, absolutely nah, there I'm has. Not that. Yeah, absolutely there has. Really? Um, I mean, I guess for me, as I said, like going back to like injuries and stuff like that, I. I was 18 months old and I was diagnosed with juvenile arthritis in my right knee. So oh. at a really young age, my parents were told she probably won't be active and dad played footy and mum, local netballer, she's the worst in the family, but that's okay. We don't we don't hold that against her. Right. Um, <laughs> okay. Two daughters playing for Australia and a husband who played for Geelong. So, yeah, and she's bad. like, well, I played for Leopold. And we're like, uh, that's okay, great, sure. mum. But anyway, green <laughs> <laughs> and gold of a different kind, but not quite. Um, but yeah, like growing up, I was told, yeah, probably not going to play elite sport or, you know, sport, sport might be good, but she's going to be on medication. You're going to have to monitor this. There's always going to be swelling around her knee. So mm. I did lots of natural therapies, thanks to my parents. So like, we're not taking the medication. Mm-hmm. Um, and activity is going to be her medicine. We're just going to put her into sport. So I did swimming, athletics, netball, basketball, absolutely everything to try and keep this away yeah. or at bay. So. Yep, went through the player pathway, grew up in Geelong and, um, yeah, eventually made it to the big time and 15 years in the career was probably more than I'd ever been Because yeah, you started really young. Yeah. I which did. I'm going to go into because yeah. there was actually overlap with us. Right. Um, I think, you're, did you make your debut like 2008? 
Uh, yes. Oh, well, 2006 the, was you, like... Yeah, sorry, your debut, but you are in the Vixens in 2008. Yes, yes. Yes, so I was in the VIS for soccer, which we were in the Lexus Centre. So right, we so I was like, get yeah. Lift some heavier weights, man. Yeah, which is really like, fucked because you you're not that older than me, but like I was a, I was a child then, <laughs> which is ridiculous. Well, yeah, so like, I mean. You've been around a while. We were around I have a, been long around time. a long time. Yeah, yes. kudos to you because not many people get to play that long, especially on like hard services like that. It's not not built for your the human body in some yeah. regards with the pace you guys Correct. move at. And that's 15, 15 years and two ACLs and a, and a serious clean out at the end. Yes. So, yeah. Do you know what actually really surprised me? Um, with the, the quality of netball with the females in this country is how quick the game is. Yeah, so quick. It's lightning. Like that in itself for me was like a major respect because the decision-making aspect and the athleticism, I don't know if TV does that justice with TV some sports. I don't think does that with a lot of sports. Yeah. I reckon you'd go to like um, motocross sports and you're like, oh my goodness. Yeah, it's like the Formula One. Yeah. Same thing, right? You're like, like there, you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> this guy's going to die on that next <laughs> yeah. turn, you know? Yeah, okay, go a little bit faster. But yeah, yeah. TV, even cricket. I yeah. think when you're watching cricket the and ball. you're sitting there bowling and then you're like, what is that run up? Is that like 50 <laughs> metres? Like, yeah. how? Yeah. So yeah, no, absolutely. TV does not do netball justice. So it's always better to go and watch it live and, and actually just see, as you said, like it's such a small area to work in and the decision making, the execution of skill mm. um, and their ath- athleticism, like they're so quick yeah. um, to be able to change direction on a dime. Like it's really impressive. Well, I'm going to do something that I don't think you're going to like very much oh right now. Goodness, but No, because this, I think this is important for the listeners that haven't got a grasp of uh, Maddie's success in the game. And I'm telling you now, I shit you not. <laughs> I have had to cut this list of achievements down because the podcast would have been done by the end of it. So I've picked the handful of ones that I thought were the most appropriate, but I'm going to run through them. I'll let you know. If yeah, you so the, don't try, dodgy yeah, one. try not get like, You've missed out all the good shit. <laughs> try keep your head in the podcast okay. studio whilst okay. we do this, all right? Yeah. But Maddie Brown, so career, career uh, story in, in, I guess, in some dot points 61 test caps for the Australian Diamonds, two time Liz Alice Diamond medalist, which is, is that the equivalent of the Brownlow? Yeah. And that also, in netball terms, is unheard of. Someone going, uh, winning two in a row or two in, uh, in general. At this current point, I'm the only person to ever. Yeah, done there that. you go. Yeah. So bingo. Someone like, will probably do it. Kelsey, this year, but you, anyway, Kelsey you were right. Thank fuck for that. <laughs> Australian International Player of the Year 2012 2014. You went to the Under 21 World Championships. You were the MVP of the West Coast Fever back to back in 09 and 2010. ANZ Championship Player of the Year 2012, Melbourne Vixens MVP 2013-2016, Com Games Gold Medalist in 2014 in Glasgow, Mm -hmm. Melbourne Vixen Premiership, so team success as well, ANZ Championship MVP and a Com Games Silver Medalist. That is disgusting (laughs) behaviour. It is is just from a girl from Geelong. That's not bad at all. Well, you know what? It's actually when I retired and they were like reading it out and I was like, she's freaking impressive. (laughs) And then Kelsey's like, that's you. And I was like, I know, but I lived through it and I still am looking at it being like, wow, you've done a lot. Did you gather like what you're achieving whilst you're in it or now you're out, you can kind of look back and be like, holy fuck, that was pretty awesome. Oh, I think when you – it's like anything. It's like with perspective, with time, you get out of it and you're like – Gosh, uh, gosh, school was so easy. Like, you know how you're like, I can't wait to be an adult and get out. And then you're like, gosh, being an athlete was amazing. But sometimes when you're in it, you get in that rut and you're in the grind and you're like, gosh, like, yeah. this is hard. This is a hard slog. And, and yeah, it's only when you get out and then you're like, gosh, it was, they were some of the best years of my life. Yeah, incredible. Um, and yeah, I do look back at it and I'm like, 
wow, that is that is something that I'm really proud of and I can read it and I can then live through it again. And I know my mum, my dad and even Kelsey have come along that entire journey with me, so have seen all the ups and downs. So when you look at it, you're like, yeah, that's impressive, but gosh, there were some low well, points pretty, as well. Yeah, because we're going to go through it, but there was like there's two ACLs and a, a bad knee injury at the end as yeah. well that sort of was well in that, which led to you retiring in um, – 2020. And before I go into your career, I wanted to talk about like the now because yes. you're on the other side of the fence commentating. And, um, and I love it. But, yeah. Do you love it? <laughs> yeah, like, first I love off, it. Is it? Oh, because sometimes players, when they commentate, they're like, fuck, I wish I was still out there. But do you get that at all? No, or? I think, I think because I had a, well, what, I, what I call a gap year, like I had a gap year off. So right. I retired in 2020, had 21 off. And it's kind of, I think, sometimes a really good thing for athletes to kind of have that time away yeah. because then you're not feeling bitter that you're not out there the next season. And even when I'm commentating, I'm not saying we, because I'm still part of the team, I'm right. like, oh, they are doing this and Collingwood are doing that or, yeah. you know, Vixens, etc. So I think sometimes having a gap year was really good. But I also know as much as my brain would love for me to be out there and I can mentally, I'm like, oh, gosh, yeah. wish I... I know my body physically can't do it anymore. Oh, so that does that help with that mindset then? Because uh, that- yes and no, because <clears throat> okay. you're like be, having always been an athlete, you're always so competitive, and you're like, why can't my body do that? Yeah. But as you get older, you're like, well, I'm a little bit slower. <laughs> Everything's a little bit harder. I'm not recovering as well. Um, so yeah. So because you had a another year in your contract when you came out as well, so it wasn't like you you chose to retire. You were actually kind of like forced into it in a sense, I in, guess. Yes, in a way I was, but I do remember because we were in lockdown before that and we'd just moved down to Geelong um, and there was Kelsey and I training, rehabbing. Like she had the most terrific rehab like because we were in lockdown and there was no point of contact with any medical staff. Um, but we were in Geelong as a family and I just remember coming up to dinner one time and I was like, I've just got something to chat you guys about and they're like well and I was like I think this is going to be my last year I'm going to retire after this and Kelsey was like and and do what (laughs) (laughs) is that what she said she's like and leave me there leave me there and I was like, you're going to play it. until you don't want to anymore, but I'm so close. I'm I'm done. Like, And I remember going, she was the only one that knew, and I remember when we finally got back together as a team and we were doing like fitness testing and I'd be like, this is my last one and I'm so excited about it. <laughs> and she'd be like, no, it's not. I'm going to change your mind. And then I was like, no. So it, in a way, going into the hub, living with her in an apartment, as much as we like struggled for team success, yeah, it was really good to finish on that note. Oh, that's good. That's yeah. good. Well, yeah, because there's uh, a lot of uh, widespread comments about your commentary skills, oh, and you've got a lot of plaudits early on. So you're quite a natural on the mic because you don't really like commentate the game. You're very analytical and educational for the well, that is my for job. the dummy like me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but not all commentators I'm, do that. They'll be like X Y Z has the ball pass pass. Whereas you explain why they're doing what they're doing. Yes, um, which as which is my job within the Fox team. Right. So like so we, have, the so we have a caller. Yes, expert comments. Is that what that is? Yes. Right. So we have like the caller and they will do the play-by-play. <clears throat> um, and then there's the expert commentary where it's like, well, why are they doing that? What defensive skills are they doing? Or why in attack are they struggling? So trying to give that expert opinion. Mm. And then there's like Shani Layton on the sideline who's just having a frigging laugh all oh, the time <laughs> and just like <laughs> cacking us all up. I was at the AS with Shani Layton actually. Right. Yeah, that's yes. Yeah, oh, gosh, she, and you survived. Well yeah. done. <laughs> yeah, she was very tall. Yeah. <laughs> I'll put it, putting Cheers. it politely. <laughs> she was massive. Yeah, compared to us little soccer guys. But actually one of the reasons why I started this podcast was like, 
because I found it really hard to transition out of sport because my career came, I fell short with injury and I really struggled with the mental aspect. Maybe I was a bit younger, but for you, do you, I know you've kind of already touched on it with the, from the commentary aspect, but just in general, like the schedule, the sort of regimes, the sort of robotic cycles and having that sort of end goal through the week where you're going to, you've got a performance on the weekend. Do you struggle with not having that now at all? I think at the start, I'm, my personality is I'm very organised. I'd always... I'd, so I've heard. Yes, so organised. <laughs> yeah. Like anything out of place in the house, I'm like, it's got a place, put it back. Like, <laughs> put it back. Oh, no. Um, Kelsey's the same. Like I think, um, yeah, I think initially I always, obviously, as much as in my head I knew it was going to be my last season, I had kind of foreseen what I wanted to do and looked at the future. Um, I have a teaching degree. I was always like I could always go into teaching. I'd already done that. I had my Pilates certificate I could always go like I always had something even towards the last five to six years of my career always had something else some side hustle that I wanted to do because I was like always going I never know I think because I started to have those injuries I don't know when sport could end for me like Mm. I'm one more injury away from it being gone so I don't want to rely on oh well once I'm finished I'm just going to move into something else and it's it's funny you say that because at the start I remember going what am I going to do in January like preseason usually starts now and I think that's probably the biggest shock the year after the next year after you finish yeah. and they all go back to pre-season you're like that's where I usually would be going and <laughs> I don't know what's happening in July where usually the whole year's planned out for you like yeah. how good is this like at the age of 31 I'm finally making decisions on how my year's going to look that's like what cool, I want it? yeah so I think I've always looked at it in that mindset like yeah you can be like oh you know I'm struggling but it's like what opportunity actually has a has arisen and I'm like, I could go to Europe in July. Oh, like, more people need to be like you. Because yeah. I feel like people, I always say to people, I'm like, good luck replacing the dopamine effect <laughs> of playing in, in the MCG in front of 80,000 when yeah. you're done. Like nothing else can compare. But Of course. But <clears> you then have like, okay, well, trying to find that feeling, yes, it can be hard. But it's like I think when you find another passion or you're doing mm. something you love, then you could be working with kids, five kids, and that could give you the same effect as the 80,000 people True. in the stadium. It's like just finding what you're passionate about and then kind of investing in that. Are you doing anything outside of commentary? You mentioned Pilates and teaching, but you've got like actual other sort of stuff you're doing too? Yeah, so like whether it's in the media space, like media presenting events, um, uh-huh. I do love my Pilates right. um, instructing, and I think that actually is where I get my – you talk about that dopamine. That's where I think really? I get – Really? Yeah. Instructing Pilates? Yeah, because I think – it's like a performance in a way. So, like, it's like game day every day. Like, welcome to my team. I need to come to one of these <laughs> sessions. I'll be hopeless on those things. Yeah, and it's like you get to motivate and I think, you know, that leadership aspect that I had during sport is is coming into play. But I've met some incredible clients and people that, you know, are from different places that when I was in the sporting world I never would have been able to connect with. But right. when I was in the sporting world as well, like going to events, doing presentations, like I – thoroughly enjoyed going and meeting different people and building those connections that then when I did retire, I was like, maybe I'll reach out to them and see what they're doing and whether I have any, you know, services or anything that I could offer to them or they could offer to me or, you know, just having that time to sit and go, all right, what's the next step for me? What do I really, really want? And and also having a try and then, oh, it doesn't work. (laughs) On to the next thing. Like we're so lucky these days though. Like you can have four different career changes. Literally. Where like I look at my parents and my mum's been a teacher for 45 years. Like incredible. But I've probably had 
17. Uh, a lot of people in our, yeah, a lot of people in our demographic probably couldn't stick to one career for 45 years. I'm a little as well. bit like that actually. Uh, you, you could. I'm like a three year. I'm like a three year cycle. Yeah, I'm like I can't. I need I'm multiple like, okay, things, so or else I'm exploding. I'm like, what? Well, I'm getting trapped. Yeah. Like, netball's yeah. the longest thing I've ever focused at. Probably yeah. relationships and career wise. So like, well done, netball. Yeah, you well had well me done, in. Yeah. <laughs> so just um, I want to talk about I guess the triage of, of injuries as well because before we get into the good the good stuff because you had two ACLs like 2015 2019 then you came back 2020 and you hurt your knee again and then yeah. that's when you called it quits yeah like we've speak we've spoken about ACLs on this before with your sister and a lot of people and it's like it's not like career changing injuries it's like life changing mm. kind of stuff because yeah. can't actually like function for a long period of time even the rehab then you've got the mental aspect of like is it actually okay when it feels okay? Will I do it again? Yeah, all that no. sort of shit. Yeah. Like, can you just take me through that whirlwind? Because you were kind of winning so many awards, playing yeah. some of your best netball, and then bang, that happens in 2015. 20, 2014 was probably my best year ever on and off the court. Yeah. Um, won a Commonwealth Games, won a premiership, um, won like, you know, lots of personal accolades. Like, it was just like, oh, my goodness, doesn't get much better than this. Like, everything is like going for me and then six rounds in the next year bang and you can go oh my goodness everything's just crashing down and that was the year of a world cup so obviously netball it's com games and then world cup they go back to back right so that was kind of like i'd waited eight years to get to the com games in 2014 because i'd missed out missed out so i was like yes i'm finally here i was like this is my back to back like this is and we had an incredible group of athletes and just people in the diamonds at that time and some of them are my closest friends so Yeah, it was pretty like, oh, my goodness, like, I'm going to miss out on that. I'm going to have to watch my friends have all this, like, success and just see their, like, boom. <laughs> um, yeah, it was it was hard, but like you said, life-changing at the same time. And yeah. as much as I'm like, oh, of course I would have loved to have not have done two or three of them, I actually think I'm a way better person and probably I came back as a better athlete. That's what Kelsey said it. too. She said like it like it helped to become a better person. I'm yeah. trying to understand. Can you explain that to me in a sense? Like what that, like what was it that made you feel that way? I think it's like that, you know, like you really appreciate what you have when you have it right. um, rather than going, oh, you know, getting greedy and I want more and it's got to be this and it's got to be fast paced and I want it now. Like, okay, well, things take patience and things take time and sometimes it's totally not in your control and you have to like, all right, try one way, didn't work, try another, be really solution focused. Like even in your head, like when you <laughs> now being in the real world, like actually working a job, like having to to like, oh, yep, that's not it for me, having to move on and just dealing with people and dealing with those emotions and not letting it like crash and burn you. You're like, okay, cool. Well, that's a great stepping stone. I've learned this (laughs) and moving on. Like you just learn so much. But I think the thing with an ACL, especially when you come from being in a team sport, it's so isolating. Yeah, it's really lonely. Yeah, because like for the first, like when it happens and they announce it and then like Everybody's like, oh, they're gonna they're 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 oh, they're all around. Three weeks three, in, yeah, three, <laughs> Don't yeah, fuck well, two, 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 two to three months in, you're like, um, where's the love? Like, <laughs> yeah. why doesn't anyone care anymore? And you're yeah. like, oh, I'm only like a quarter of the way through this rehab, yeah. and I'm feeling alone. So, yeah, it can be challenging. And you know, I remember doing my first one, and there was a girl at the VIS, and she was a sailor, and she was like 
a few weeks behind in surgery for me, but she was killing it. And I was like, why aren't I doing that? And he's like, you don't need to do that for your sport. Like you don't need to, like she was balancing and all this stuff and doing all these incredible stuff. And I was like, why aren't I doing that? And he's like, cause you don't need to do that. <laughs> she needs serious? to, yeah. But you do, it's that competitive. Like yeah. I want to get there to the finish line first where yeah. I think with injuries, some people are like, well, I did it in six months. Yeah. Good on you. Well done. Yeah. I did it in 18 or it's I did like it in 12. 12. It doesn't matter. Thing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's you a just got to run your own race because yeah. my body, Body obviously had swelling issues anyway, so yeah, yeah, fair enough. But it, it is really isolating, and I think the life changing thing is just that perspective on really cherishing what you have right. when you have it. Well, now we're not telling you to go do an ACL to get that life perspective. No, you can still get it. <laughs> you through can get a it lot other ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Glass half full thinking, which you love. Do you think you came back the same player, like at the same level in your body and mind? Like, um, or do you reckon does it does it actually change? I remember the physio bit. saying, like, your knee will get back to normal. And I was like, how? There's, like, three screws in there. Like, it's <laughs> never going to be normal. Yeah, like, do you know what I mean? Stop, stop selling me a lie. Yeah. But I think yes and no. Like, I came back probably smarter. Right. I knew how to work with certain maybe deficiencies in my body. And for so long, because you'd been doing the pre-seasons, like, all the little things that you'd never had time to work on, it was like, all right, like, we're in rehab. Let's strip it back. Yeah. Do my calves need more work? Do I need to focus on switching on my glutes before my qu- – like, what is it that's making me, like, maybe more at risk of injury? Right. How can I strip it back and how can I kind of, like, just really work at – my machine, my, my body. Wow. Um, so yeah, but the mental, the mental thing, I think, is something that people skip, and they go, "Oh no, like I'll get back." And you know, I've done all this work, and I'm my first game, and I was one of those. I was like, "My first game is going to be amazing. Like I'm just <laughs> going to come back and just going to smash it out of the park." <laughs> I remember my dad was like, "Well, there's only one way to go, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's rock bottom." And I was like, "Yeah, I know that oh. was terrible." Yeah, I've heard about your dad. Apparently, he's very, br- he's brutally honest. Yeah, love it. Yeah. That's probably that's probably what you talk about the commentary and people saying. Like, oh, I love your commentary. I'm like, yeah, because I just say it as yeah, I see it. That's from your father. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we joke about it, and people are probably like, oh, gosh, he was tough. And we're like, no, <laughs> we love and appreciate all of that about him. Yeah. Because like, Kelsey speaks about, like, because obviously you girls grew up in Geelong and played obviously a lot of your netball growing yeah. up in Melbourne for the rep teams and whatnot. And she would always say, around, like, if she had a bad game around, like, the Keelor Park kind of junction on the Westgate going home, that's when he would just turn and be like, that was fucking <laughs> well, shit. <it> <laughs> It used to be like in Geelong around Queen's Park. So anyone from Geelong, Queen's Park, and you'd come from the arena or mum and dad would meet there because they'd be coming from different schools because they were both teachers at different schools. And so you'd meet there and you'd know the second you have a shit game, you're like, um, I want to go home with mum. And you'd be like, you're in my car. And you'd be like, <laughs> I love that. And then you'd literally that. get around to the Queen's Park and you'd be like, okay, it's been silenced. Like <laughs> we've only got like three minutes yeah. home, three minutes home. And then, and then you'd be like, I paid $8 for that shit. <laughs> I love that. that shit. And you'd be like, I know, I could be so much better. He's like, I need to do a podcast with your father because <laughs> it would be so interesting. Yeah, yeah. I love that shit. Yeah, no, yeah. It was, but I actually think that's why we are so resilient. We are so competitive. Correct. It's not like he was, he was not like terrible. Like he was just, he just knew how good we could be. Correct. And it was like that. I love you, but I am paying $8 to see that shit ever again. So if you're going to dish that up. Let's just call it quits. Like, stop wasting your time and stop wasting my time. <laughs> I t- Got it. It's, it's true. Do you know what? I'll tell you a story about my dad because my dad, like, when it came to soccer, he didn't know anything. He was a cricketer. So he would, like, <laughs> he would be like, I don't know. I don't really care. But when I played cricket, like, that was my main sport as a kid. If I, Like, he would throw me, like, basic, like, sort of throw downs and I would hit the ball. And if I didn't throw the ball back on the full, 
or play the shot that he wanted because sometimes he'd make me play the same shot a hundred times. I just smack it. The next ball would be up my head, and like he would he would hit me in the head, and I'd start crying and stuff. And at the time, I thought he was the meanest bastard ever. And sometimes he'd play like backyard cricket. I'd be on ninety nine, and then he'd pick up the pace and bowl me out, and wouldn't let me get a hundred, like or whatever. But I actually attest a lot of my success back to that shit because Absolutely. it like, I, do you know what? It, nothing. It was just nothing was easy. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's like, funny though. It, yeah, because they I hated him at the time. Oh, at times I was like. Oh, but I think also, you know, some some kids would, would give up and I'm like, fine. As he mm. said, if you don't want to do this, I don't want you to do it. I'm not forcing you to do anything you don't want to do. Mm. But that like, it's like he would just like literally like he knew how to push the button and push it to the absolute limit to just like fire us up and go, well, yeah, no, of course we're better than that. Yeah. Like, I, I got an interesting question for you on this. This is a hypothetical, but if you had a kid, would you- I'd be doing the same would thing. You, would you actually? <laughs> but knowing what it did to you, would you do it or would you feel bad? No, I'd absolutely you, do it. <laughs> so you love, I'd yeah. pay fucking $8 for that game. Yeah, little- <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, but I, you know the other thing, and I think this even comes down to teams, like to have hard conversations, you have to have a really good foundation with the relationship. Mm. And our parents- are like our biggest supporters. They have not ever missed any game that they could be at. They've been at. They've been at presentations. They've been at book launches. They've been (laughs) at everything. Like they are always there. So like we knew how much they loved, cared, the amount of time, the energy. They'd been working five jobs to give us the opportunities to go and play. They'd be working in the band. They'd be doing all of these things for us. So it's like that I want to repay. I want to make you so proud of me that, yeah, I don't want to dish up that are shit. They gonna, are they going to be watching this? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Of course, of course they will. So, Dad, don't hate me, mate. I'm no. just I'm not on the messenger. No, like <laughs> we, we love and appreciate and respect them more because That's awesome. they actually taught us those life skills. Right. Not just, as I said, not just to be a better player but to be a better person and just yeah. to be a, a genuinely good human being. Just speaking of that point you spoke about, like those hard conversations and communicate, do you think – because I think sport's a very unique world where you instantly from like when you were 16 mm. or 17 to 31 or 30, whenever you retired, you just put in such like awkward, hard conversations where not the, I guess the average person is having. Yes. Like where you're getting told critical things that like you're just not good enough. Or yeah. Every single day, every single week you go to training and, oh, well, we could probably change this. Yeah. I like mean, that was okay. Real but- personal shit that you <laughs> yeah. like feel attacked. But like, as, a, as an athlete, it's just like normal. Yes. So when you come out in the real world, I always think like your communication skills and your depth of being able to have hard conversations is so much higher or your bandwidth. Huge. Because of those experiences. But that I think sometimes is where you talk about, sorry to go back to the transition, but it can be hard because it's like I have all these skill sets and all these life skills of having hard conversations. I'm really good at leadership. I can do all of these things. I'm a great communicator. I work well in teams, all Mm. of that stuff. But sometimes when you go to put it into a work situation, you're like, but I don't have any experience in that field. Yeah. And you're coming up against 26-year-olds or 22-year-olds in my case and they may have been doing it for five years and they're like, yeah, but they've got five years' experience in this industry. Yeah, that's You sucks. don't. And I'm like, yeah, but I've got 16 years of having really hard conversations <laughs> and I'm probably, yeah, it's really There's hard no to kind of- There's no award for that. You can't no. put that in a CV, like 16 years of getting 
brutally assessed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know Australian how to take public. feedback and <laughs> yeah. I know how to make yeah. make it into positives. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like I think that's sometimes hard, but it also is like an incredible as you said, it's only when you get out and you're like, yeah, I can they're like, yeah. oh something's not happening over there in a workplace. And you're like, just go tell them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Do what should I? What? Uh, see something, do something, you know. The thing oh, you want, fuck. the past is the thing you accept. Like oh, and they're like, shit, um, I don't laugh. really understand that. And you're like, oh, okay, that's the athlete brain in me. It's never going to switch off. Yeah, which is a good thing, I think. But yes. let, oh, let's go back to when you started because you came, did you debut for the Kestrels? I did. Was that, Do you so even know is, who they are? No. <laughs> who the fuck are they? <laughs> no disrespect, Melbourne Kestrels, but I'm not. No, they're, de- they're dead and buried, so yeah, don't even trust Okay, well, there you go. Yeah, well, so while you are, you are a dinosaur in this game. <laughs> they are. So they used to be, you talking about like, oh, you deb- debuted in 28. 28- 2008, yeah. and you're like, oh, the Vixens, because yeah. that's where you're at. That's where the Vixens started <laughs> yes, around then, right? Yeah, yeah. so it used to be Kestrels and Phoenix, and then they merged together to become the Vixens. <laughs> oh, my so God. So I was around two years prior How old were you then? I was... 18. 18. Yeah. Wow. So that's really young. Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah. So I'd literally finished year 12 and I was actually having my first time going away to, um, we went to Port Macquarie to watch Kelsey play basketball in the summer okay. in like the basketball slams for Country Vic. Yeah. And I was like, this is great because usually she would always come along to my tournament. So, cause I was playing. Yeah. And I was like, this is the first time I get to go along and actually enjoy it. Anyway, my trip got cut short because they called me three days in and was like, um, we'd like you to come and be a training partner and like train with us. And like, no joke, my head was like, but I want to have a holiday. <laughs> <laughs> and my mum was like, you'll be getting on the next plane tomorrow morning at 6am. Great. Have like fly home. And I was like, Oh, okay. Oh, like, sure. So I flew home. My grandfather picked me up at the airport, drove me down to Brighton Beach for a 7 a.m. like absolute beach flog session. Um, and yeah, I rocked up two weeks of training and then I got a spot That's on incredible. the list. Yeah. So back then was like, um, let's even just a bit before then, was professional netball, was that like a viable no. career? Like, so yeah. What are we talking like? How difficult was it for some of the pros back then to leave well, off the income where they having multiple yeah. jobs. Well, you look at Liz Alice, who is probably like, you know, one of the biggest names. Did and she changed the game? And Yeah. Cheryl McMahon and Liz Alice and Kath Cox and that type of vintage. They were all, were they, Vix, Cheryl McMahon was the Vixens back yes. then. I remember well, she was the only was one that Phoenix. I was starstruck she was by. Oh, yeah. yeah was she? Phoenix. Yeah. But she was at the Vixens in 08. Uh, oh, yes. I, yeah, because I remember her yes. in the gym. Yes. She was the only one that I was like, I know that. Like, I, I know. know yeah, I know she, who that's she how big is. she was. Though. But she probably made $9,000 for a year. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. So even when I came in in 20, oh, 2006, so when I first signed on, there was a squad of 16. Every week there'd be 12 that would get selected for the game. If you played, you got $200. So oh. nothing for the week of training. You'd wait. You'd train five to six days a week. I was driving from Geelong, so I was studying. I'd got into teaching, doing my Bachelor of Education at Deakin, and then oh. I'd drive up on my own, like literally got my li- – I had to go get my licence on my birthday because I was like, i got to get to training. Like i got to get to training on Tuesday because oh. mum and dad had like – they're like, we're done with the tra- like travel. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, no, you don't need to be up and back on the roads. Um, but, yeah. 
That's crazy. $9,000. $200 a game. Some clubs back then, this will blow your mind, some ba- clubs back then were like travelling with microwaves. So <laughs> no, the, pre-game, the, pre- the pre-game meal was like a light and easy heated up in a microwave. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. That's the diet of champions. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. Like elite level. And I was like so proud to finally be on a list of an elite netball club back then. And, yeah, I know that there was people playing like locally in Geelong getting 500 dollars a game for football and I was like um yeah I'll have to pay five games so or what, more for that what back then like because I feel like it's different now and I want to know the kind of turning point when it happened because I feel like now as a young girl if you're playing netball you can be like if I make it like I can make a really good living yep. I can be comfortable well you can like, actually aspire to it like yeah, I know aspi- that's yeah. what I mean so why were you aspiring to it well I wasn't oh, it right. was only literally when I got picked up that I actually was like oh Maybe I could do this. Like, I guess I always wanted to play netball and basketball, but my my goal was to possibly go to states and play college basketball. That's where right. I was looking so at. So you were playing multiple sports yep. at a high level. Yeah. So the the funny thing was at the time I was in the like the girl pathway and Pendles was in the boys pathway for basketball. Right. So we were on the same trajectory, and then we both were like, "Nope." <laughs> <laughs> See you later. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> um, but yeah, I went obviously netball, and he went obviously to footy. Oh wow, that's incredible! Yeah. I actually met Pendles the other night at the the Copeland, and he just looked, oh look at you. Yeah, no, he he plus one. He guess. looked at me. I was sitting I was sitting with Geordie, and he's like, "Oh, let's just give him the finger." So I never met him before, so we gave him the finger, <laughs> and he just looked well. at me. He goes, "Oh, because I'm doing the stuff with Dane Swan." He's like, "Oh, you know Swanee dear? Oh, you're cool." <laughs> And just got up and walked off. <laughs> and I was there like, oh, fuck. Whoops, maybe <laughs> rattled my cage beautifully. <laughs> um, just speak uh, as, of some of the people that you just mentioned there, how they created a pathway or put some yeah. sort of, you know, nails in the ground to sort of change the game. What was it that Shrell McMahon, Liz Ellis, those kinds of people did for netball to actually shift it to a real profession? Yeah, I well, I think, you know, once they then even finished playing netball, they continued to go into, like, advocating and, like, creating a players association. Like, that had only just started to right. grow some legs. And now it's, like, a fully functional, like, association. We've got a president. We've got, you know, CEO. Like, we've got all of those things in place. And because of them, that they were, like, prepared to not only – you know, play their career, but then give after. It's like that kind of like legacy handing over of the baton. Like, okay, now it's your time. This is what we've given you. Like, now you got to continue to push ahead and um, drive it f- further. But th- back then, they like took on you know different sponsorships that were probably like if they were given to athletes today, it'd be like okay, female shouldn't. They used to have a burly burly bra campaign. Like, okay, that might that might go to some um, listeners anyway. Um, and they were in like FHM or something for a, like a photo shoot one time. So like it was like oh you know any publicity. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I'd run me that match. <laughs> like, let's too. just get nibble, like talk <laughs> talked about. Yeah. Um, so I think they, yeah, definitely obviously put put things out there and then it was like, okay, all right, what do we actually stand for? What do we want to be known for? Um and we want our like even a couple of years ago, we were paying to be on TV right. as a sport. Now we've got like the likes of spot. Fox Sports that are like, yes, we love your product, we want your product, and we want to take it to like that tier one level alongside okay. AFL and NRL and up there. Like it is one of the highest participation sports for females. Yeah, so correct. like why aren't we up there? Correct. But I also do think sometimes the sport's been a little bit worried about, you know, it's always been like, oh, we always want to be talked about in good light. And we do. We have athletes that are like incredible, incredible people. And they're like doing careers. Like we've got accountants, teachers, mm. um, lawyers. Like they're doing their career as well as trying to 
their oh, so playing career at the same be, time. Would there still be players doing dual careers? Yeah, absolutely. Netball? Absolutely. Like yeah. majority of the list would be. There'd only okay. be maybe one, two or three that maximum is, that really in every full-time. team that can actually go, I'm oh. an elite Netballer, okay, gotcha. And that's my profession. Wow, you've been, you've seen the full plethora of growth and I rock have. bottom to growth. I in have. I've actually, hey. it's actually, you know, it's it's nice to say that. I'm like, yeah. I, my first game, I got paid two hundred dollars, and then I got to the end where we were fighting for like a minimum pay of forty thousand dollars for twelve months. Fuck, that's incredible. So it's awesome to see where it is at, but there's obviously still so much more. Yeah, of course, of course. Of course. I, I can imagine. Now, yeah. the, the Melbourne Vixens, that was a big part of your life, it no was. doubt. You played there for what, like six, seven, Well, eight, I paid, played there for stints. a year, yeah, and then I left yep. and then I came back. And came back. Yeah. And so what is, can you tell me a little bit about that club? Because I feel like you ended at Collingwood and I don't know if they've got the greatest uh, friendship, <laughs> let's say, but so you've seen like both. I went from Carlton to Collingwood. Yeah. That's exactly what I did. Yeah. In the Collingwood has hated is everyone like as the AFL team calling like in the netball or is it not? Well, we're trying to change that. But is that the case now? Like, is in not hated, but like you I know? I think at the start they that, were. It right. was like that that stigma of like, oh well, it's Collingwood and they've got money and they're a big club and they're paying. We have a salary cap. Like, yeah. we cannot go any further than what. The, yeah. Like the limitations are. Yeah. Okay. Um. But Vixens, very proud club. Once again, I was actually there when they formed together. So, so you're definitely inception. Yes. Oh, wow. Yes. So obviously players in football have like their number and it's like I wear the number six or whatever yeah. for the whole of my career yeah. where we have numbers as to when we like. Oh, right. Played, yes. Like you're the number X player. Yeah. So at Vixens, Vixens I'm like number three. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. Collingwood, I'm number one. That is crazy. I and then Diamonds, I'm number one, five, two. So you are like just paving the way for oh, people. I've just got numbers. <laughs> you just got <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> number three and one. Well, I'm only number three because it's brown, so it was the two captains in the alphabetical order. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, you were even the young punk. I am like, like I'll, I'll let you know. You know uh, right, it's yeah, not you, like I was a third best player. You just add mayo on that <laughs> as time like, goes yes, on. Yes, my last name starts with a B. <laughs> well, can we talk about, because you had success there from like, you know, career point of view and Obviously, it was a big part of your life, as we mentioned, but individual and team honours through that period. You won a premiership and obviously so many individual awards. was like would have been a pretty special period for you, particularly the second stint you had at the Vixens, I imagine. Yeah, it, it was. And the whole reason I came back – well, when I first was there, I was – it was two clubs. So two clubs in Melbourne joining together to become one. So there were obviously limited spots. I was really fresh. Like I'd only had two seasons. So I was more coming off the bench. And then I got offered the opportunity to go over to FIBA with my coach who was at Kestrels at the time. And I was like, okay, she believes in me. She's going to give me- Was that a big decision for you? Huge. Because back then it was like, no one really moved interstate for- playing. It was like, you only stayed because you weren't getting paid that much. Yeah. You only stayed. Right. So to move when you're like, I'm not getting paid a lot. So it's ballsy to yeah, do that. Yeah, yeah. To the other side okay. of the country. How old were you then? Because you had back-to-back oh, MVPs gosh. there. So uh, I just want to gauge. 21. So at 21, you're dominating the 21, game. 21, 22. Damn. Yeah. Good for you, and then, ca- and then I ca- And then I came back and because they, I think they knew that I wanted to come back because I was like, of course, of course I'd want to play for Victoria. I'm a Victorian. I want to be back playing amongst my family and friends, they like stooge me on the contract and I was like, oh, well, oh. like at least I'm back home. Oh, um, but it was great to come back and play and I wanted to come back and play with the likes of Sherelle McMahon because yeah. I'd obviously played a little bit with her at training and stuff in my first year, but then I left 
Um, and that was probably one of the hardest conversations as a as a player. I had to obviously call my captains and it was Sherelle McMahon and Bianca Chaffield and tell them that I was leaving. And I was like, oh. Like a 20-year-old just yes, being like, yeah. just letting you know that I don't want to play with you guys Yeah, anymore. I'm going to be versing you next year and I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> yes, and I'm going to a team that don't win. But anyway, that's great. Have a great time. Yeah. And I left. I left in 20, uh, 2009 and they won the premiership that year. Oh, that hurts. But... Yeah, yeah. Oh, you came back and won one. Yeah, so you correct. Had, you had, uh, it wasn't my time. It wasn't my time. Yeah, but correct. Vixens have always, like, um, they've got great values. They've got, obviously, very much, like, the backing of Netball Victoria um, because they're under that, the player pathway. That was something that I'd grown up aspiring to do, playing playing for Victoria, playing in the academies, playing state league, going mm. through that. Um, I just guess I got to the top and then there wasn't a spot, so I had to go a few other directions to get to get back. Yeah, you do. It's a yeah. cutthroat business yeah. of it, isn't it? And you'll like this one too. <laughs> Another story was the coach at the time when she told me. <laughs> and back then I wasn't that – I didn't take the elite athlete life that seriously. Okay. Because I was studying. So Define I, that for Okay, us. <laughs> so I was like – as in I was like – Going out, we'd go th- Thursday night, I'd go like, you know, $3 drinks at Room 99 in Geelong <laughs> and then I'd play on a Friday night or Saturday night, go out Saturday night, oh, Sunday, se- rock and roll. Sunday sesh, <laughs> and then I'd like rock around to training on the Monday the next, oh the next week. Oh, my God. I was like severely like overweight. Not severely. I was just overweight. For, I was just, net, for a professional Yeah, and like back then I look at the pictures and we used to wear those like swimsuits with the little frill skirts. So yeah. like I was muffin topping over that. Like it was not good at all. And I look back and I'm like, what were you thinking? Oh, well, you had great times. You had really great times. Um, but the coach sat me down after 2008 and this is probably when I was like, okay, it's probably time to go go and move on. She's like, you're unfit. Because I was like, why aren't I getting more court time? And, you know, I just want to know what I need to do. And she's like, you're unfit. You're not consistent enough. You're not this, you're not that. And I was like, oh, whoa. Wow. And I remember driving back down to Geelong as a 19-year-old or 20-year-old being like, what would she know? You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hot and then I was like, okay, um, yeah, she's probably got a point. Yeah. So then when I moved to Perth, I actually dropped 10, 10 kilos. Did you? So yeah. you just got fit as I was as like, I'm going to get. In the gym, I'm going to get really fit. I'm going to go over and this is going to be like my fresh start to the point that I rocked over and people were like, hi, I'm, and I was like, it's Maddie. And they were like, yes, okay, we yeah, definitely know you. Holy yeah. what? I dyed, I dyed my hair blot. I, like, I went like full. You just like, changed your yeah. persona. Yeah, I was like, you we're going to start afresh. Love that. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Now the two Liz Ellis diamond medals, like, uh, so that just to clarify, they are the equivalent of like for uh, for the AFL fan, like a Brownlow medal. Yeah, so they actually combine your Australian and your national league performances together. So oh, wow. you've got to be playing in the diamonds, and you've got to be playing nationally. Okay, and it's like your like. After every game, or well, media votes, coaches vote. There's lots of obviously so it's stakeholders. So the elite of the elite. Yes. Yeah. So Goodness Australian gracious. and national combined. Wow. So this, I just want to go a little bit deeper on this because what what do you attest your skill sets to, or even personality traits to, to be able to achieve that? Because oh, oh definitely, you're the only one that's ever done two. Oh, definitely my upbringing. Like my parents, I think skill set, like my hands and my dad's. I've got my dad's hands. Like everyone's <laughs> like you know always just been really good with the ball in hand, Um, practicing. Like even when we were little, mum was obviously a teacher. We'd drive in the car and be at school 
at 8am yeah. and I'd be like shooting hoops, I'd be shooting netball, I'd be shooting basketball, I'd be playing, I'd be dribbling around, like I'd be just doing all that type of stuff all the time. Um, and then, yeah, I think sometimes that tough love, that those hard conversations, the grounding that I had, like, yes, that's that's an incredible achievement, Maddie. but like let's not- I'll Move on. Yeah, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Like okay. we would celebrate the, the success and we would celebrate even the small steps along the way, which I think then obviously when I got to having to do rehab, I'm like, okay, you just got to celebrate the little things and not just worry too much about the destination. You'll get there, but make sure you enjoy the journey along the way, like that type of thing. So yeah, I think all of those things definitely that when I would get to do something and it's even like today, it's like when I do something, I'm like, I want to be the best at what I do. I want to be so bloody good at it that people (laughs) like, she's incredible. She's great. So you played as a wing attack or a center. They, were they your two positions? Yes. Is that what Kelsey plays too? Yes. What, so is that mainly just about like fitness and determination? Um, and, and, is, the brain. and the brain. And the so, brain. So is it like, so it's the brain position? <laughs> yeah. I was right. like, don't sell it short. <laughs> okay. No, because I played, I played midfield in soccer and for me that's a brain position because yeah. the link it's between end, the back and the front and it's, it's like. the engine room. Uh-huh. It's like, you know, the, the shooters get all the glory because it's like, oh, they shot the massive goal, like, yay. And the defenders get all the glory because it's like, oh, what an intercept. But the people that are grinding it out, absolutely flogging themselves, <laughs> creating everything, it's like. Yeah, I feel <laughs> yeah. like you've got to be so fit to play there. Like there's not much respite in no, that position. No, no, but they're very different. So wing attack is a bit more of that like general, like yeah. the point guard in basketball to give the – Really? Yeah, okay. so you're setting up the plays, you're setting up the attacking line, you're in charge of that. The centre, you're the link. So you're oh, okay. obviously running from the defensive end to the attacking end and you're the the one that just links from it's end to end. Hiring position, yeah. jeez. It's impressive. So – because actually, no, before we go into Collingwood, I, I think we need to talk about the gold medal at the Com Games. Yes. Because how high do you hold that in your list of achievements? Because you've got a long list. Yeah. <laughs> as, we've, as, we've, as, we've, as we've seen. Um, like, yeah, it, it's definitely up there. And probably the reason was or why it is is because it took me so long to get there. Mm. I had been in the mix for the 2010 Delhi Games and got cut a week before they went. So I was in, right. there was a squad of 15, 12 went. I was in the three that got cut. Um, so then it was like, okay, I got to wait another four years. And then finally, so like four years to Delhi, another four years to 2014 Glasgow. So by the time I got there, I was like, like ready to go. Same. And I was like, this could be the only time I do it. Like this could be it. Um, I was there with my best friend, um, Renee Hallinan or Renee Ingalls now. Um, and we roomed together. So I was like, one, I'm experiencing this overseas. I'm with my, some of my closest friends, a lot of them that I'd played through Victorian netball with, like. This is it. Life's good. Yeah, and it was just an incredible group of people um, to experience it with. And we did so much, like, strategy work, so much video that we knew, like, all the structures, all the things that New Zealand were going to do. Even with um, England, we only just beat them by one in the rounds and, like, scraped through. Um, But, yeah, we won by 18 goals in the end. Um, And the best compliment was, like, Maria Tutayer or Maria Falau now in after the game. She's like, it was like they knew what we were doing. We're like, we did. We did so much work in knowing exactly because back then, like, it was just, like, goal for goal winning when we used to play international series with them. So you'd sometimes win a series, you'd sometimes get pumped, but it was, like, usually games were won by one or two. Yeah, heartbreaking. Big respect. What was the actual experience like as just a human being to be within the Commonwealth Games and having – The village is interesting. The village is always a a shag fest, like they say. (laughs) Well, you go to the um, medical and there's just, like, a bowl of condoms and you're like – 
Okay. <laughs> I was actually here to get my ankle strapped, but anyway. <laughs> I might just grab some of those on the way out. <laughs> um, well, I was I was married at the time, so I was oh, like, I was behaving. Oh, so you would have had front row seats to the uh, oh, Olympics yeah, it's for like, sure. Yeah, but also there's some sports that like, well, netball and even hockey, you're there from day one to the last day. because okay, you, so you, sports come and go. Yeah, because it's like a tournament okay. where other sports come and go, go. Like the triathletes, they were in for like three days and then they were like on it and then they're out <laughs> and then the cyclists come in because so, they're yeah. Events. Like, book, book, yeah, book. the swimmers come in. They're the first week. Yep, bang, bang, bang. Out. Athletes come. Um, like athletics oh. come in. So like, yeah, it's just like this. Whoa! And then you're like sitting at the pool, or you're sitting at the like dining hall, and people are coming. And you're just like, are they? Ch- is that a ch- like chat up? Like, <laughs> and then there's like country, different countries talking to different countries. Would have like, been a special experience because then the ne- I think the next one you guys came second, wasn't it? Yeah. Gold Coast, which and, were- and as much as. Yeah, that's a silver medal. I probably still hold it just as high as the gold. Yeah. Because I'd actually been dropped out of the team with the diamonds. Oh, really? Yeah. So into that? in 2017, I was in the mix, got dropped. They wanted to kind of blood some new young talent. Um, I was the only person to get dropped. So I was like, I'm not sure that's the truth. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and then we had like a camp in January and I had to go to this camp and just absolutely put on a show to try and have any chance of getting in. And you put on a show. Well, the sound of it. I, I must have. I must have done yeah. something right. Um, and the physio was just like, I've never seen anyone come in and drop so many bombs, Mads. Like, well done. Like, and I, I do remember being, because um, they had like a England tour in January and I remember sitting on the couch in lawn with the family watching it and I was just like, oh, like, and they were winning and I was like, I'm not going to get back in this See, team. This, this is the is thing it. as an athlete people don't understand is that other side of the fence when you're sitting at home, you're like, fucking, I just wouldn't do anything to be out there. Absolutely. And, and you're like, oh, I want to celebrate. I want to like cheer on my my teammates, my country. Yeah. I definitely want them to do well, but not well without me. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the balancing. Like, yeah, don't lose, but maybe lose because maybe I might play. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and yeah. I, yeah, and it really like would fight. So I'd watch a game and then I'd go up to the like the football oval and I'd be like cutting laps and I'd be like, oh my god, like, just like a machine. Like, so yeah, really, really competitive. So that I, like, I was like, if I go to this camp, I'm gonna give it. Absolutely everything. And I'm not a highly emotional person as in like I, I am emotional but I don't usually show it to many people. Like right. I rarely break down my walls or yeah. cry. Yeah, apparently you didn't cry when you did your ACL. No, nah, no. Nah. No, I was like I was like rubbing the back <laughs> of my parents. I was like, it's pro- okay, mum and dad, I'll be fine. Don't stress yeah. about it. <laughs> You're probably going to let everyone Kelsey, else around you crying. Yeah. <laughs> and Kelsey, the first time I was on the, on the, on the phone, she's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. Yeah, but as I said, once, once you know, once you know her, she's like, that's exactly yeah. both of you two. But yeah. yeah, when she finally called and said, you're going to the Commonwealth Games on the Gold Coast, I lost it. I was like a blubbering mess. So that medal, because you worked so hard to get there, that medal's oh, why it was, it's so valuable. Yeah. And okay. I remember it was obviously devastating to lose. I would love to have two gold, but I was like, I'm going to, and you look at the team photo, actually, if you ever look at it mm. at the end and we've got the silver, I'm like. <laughs> so happy and everyone's like everyone's, yeah because didn't you did you like, lose by a goal was yeah it, yeah within like two seconds because Kelsey like, was telling me about seconds. that like how gutted she was and everyone yeah. was about like obviously yeah. it was just well heartbreak in the yes. end yeah. um well yeah just going into actually no that's what I wanted to ask you sorry it was around your trophy cabinet oh. where is this like like, and do you still have all your trophies? Because I'm no. I'm not taking the piss. <laughs> I cut about 15, like, younger youth awards and all this other stuff out because I was like, I can't read it all. All right. This is so, this is going to make you laugh because our mum is like, so we had, like, the family house that we grew up in since, uh, well, I was one when they built it. Kelsey 
grew up in that house and then mum and dad sold it and so did like a whole like all right, well, this is your room and this is your stuff and you can put it into one container because so, we're taking that to the new house. So we had like, we used to have these two like shelves and it used to have like just like back to rows, rows of trophies, like right. basketball, participate, like all of it. Talented family. So mum, oh, no. because she was like, I don't want to forget any of it, <laughs> has got, and I don't know where this is. I'd, I'd have to look, I'd have to look in the house. She peeled off all the labels and they're in like a book and then she donated the trophies back to the trophy house so they could be reused. So oh, we've got a book of all God. that stuff, but there's nothing collecting dust. <laughs> so it's literally like a photo album of plaques. Oh my, I've never heard of that before. <laughs> She's just made that executive She's decision. Like, I'm not taking all of that trash with me. <laughs> They're going in their photo album. Yeah. So, so the, you've won too many awards, the, the sisters, that she's had to innovate yeah, and but create also, a I'm book. Like, I love that she was just like, well, this is not going to waste and we're not going to throw these out. Yeah. Someone else is going to find love in these, so we'll redonate them. Oh, my God. So someone out there has probably got my MVP award or oh something, but it's just got a different part Do you still have your gold medal, though, from the Com yeah, Games and stuff? Those yeah. ones, yeah, all right. Yeah, those ones. They're just in a nice Okay, so it's all the other. Because everyone's like, why aren't they on display? And you're like, oh, no, they're just like in their nice little box in a little like oh, container. Right. Yeah. Okay. But mum and dad do have like a, a pool room, but for them it's there's no pool table. It's oh, the just, band room. Okay, like there's right. a set of drums and there's microphones. All right. It's the band room and there's just wall to wall of like frames of our dresses, our Diamonds bibs, gear, our yep, yeah, yep, yeah. Sort of in my mum's also the one that like whenever there's like so there's a poster of Kelsey at Collywood, you know, she'd be like, um, so when you're done with that, I'll take that. And it'll just like <laughs> so there's just like random cutouts of us. You know, <laughs> oh, it's just, I need to see she, this room. She just like <laughs> it's, really it's actually out. like you walk around, you're like, oh memory lane. <laughs> like this is not no, like it's <laughs> awesome. And then there's like she's obviously done a lot of coaching stuff. So there's hers are up there and oh. Duds, duds are there, dusty and black and white. But anyway. Oh, wow. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be one room to walk yeah. into. Well, you, you're there to jam and then you're like, oh, she won a gold medal. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Realisation. Oh, wait, stop the song. Just when the fuck did that happen? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, bring us back in. Oh, <laughs> uh, wow. Can you tell me about the move to Collingwood? Like, what? how did that come about? And we, was that, like, obviously you were the number one player. That daunting at all going to a new club when you'd been at such a, I guess, even though you went to Vixens early, it was established by the time you left? Yeah, but the I think the the thing that kind of lured me across is because I grew up playing footy netball in, in Geelong and I loved the connection of being part of a, a big club, yeah. not just being a team. Yeah. Um, and I loved Vixens and it was really, really hard. But to be honest, I didn't actually think I'd get offered to go to another club because when it was it used to be ANZ Champs and then it became the Suncorp Super Netball. And this is when new teams were coming in. We were separating from the New Zealand because we used to play Trans-Tasman, obviously, in mm. ANZ. Um it was like the new kind of surgeons of this new Australian elite netball league. We're going to have imports like, wow. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to get a gig anywhere else. I'm pretty established here. I'm the captain of Vixens. Like, I'm not going to get an offer. And then when Collingwood called, I was like, oh, maybe I should really consider this. I also know that I'm in that latter part of my career. Like, I don't know how many How years. old would you have been then? 28, um, 29? Yeah. And I was like, oh. And just to go, I think I was like, I'm close to the end. And I've been part of this kind of push from when I got paid $200 a game. Not that I want to go be- get paid. I want to go know what it's like to be one of those footballers that rocks up to these facilities and gets to live their, like, sporting dream. It's fucking amazing, isn't it? What, yeah. What so to be offered it, I was to. just like, 
oh my goodness, I'm going to get in. I'm going to be using these gy- this gym. I've got access to these incredible like um, trainers. Yeah. Like I'm going to learn so much, um, even the off-court, off-field stuff, like just the business. Well, it's it's a it's a business. It's sport as a business, not just oh we're going out and participating. So I was like, I really I've I've been part of Netball Victoria's pathway. I'm really proud of that. I captained the club. I've won a premiership. I played over a hundred games for the Vixens. Mm. I just need something different. It's kind of like that. I get yeah, to yeah. I get to that certain point. And I'm like, I need another challenge. It's understandable. I, need I to can be, understand that. Yeah, and I definitely wanted to be part of something from scratch again. I was like, I. We might not be successful for the time that we're here, but I at least want to be part of the foundation and setting it right. And the first few years at Collingwood were hard because we were like, well, you're not allowed to be in the gym at this time because the boys are in here. Like we were very much just a separate program on the side. But now now the way that they kind of integrate and they flow and they just utilize it like they're just- one club. Yeah, correct. Mm. It's actually really like warming to see because I'm like, yeah, I yeah. I did not experience that, but it's so good to see that they've got to that point. Well, to, to round this out, this is a, a theme we've started in the last few episodes, and we've defi- I've defined kind of three traits that I think are important to all people who want to be successful, but particularly athletes. And I just want to see which one you feel sort of most associates with you and your success. But um, out of drivers who are into ambition, for you, what have been sort of the, what one sort of the main one you can attest a lot of your success to? Oh really tough question but um what drives my ambition I drive think, ambition or resilience one uh, of the three which one oh look resilience is probably for me yeah. because of i think my what you had to overcome yes i yeah resilience and i think i've learned and i do have like a bit of a saying that it's like sometimes when you miss out on something good you're being redirected towards something great yeah so it can be really hard when you get knocked back or things aren't going in the trajectory that you think that they should be going or you want them to go but sometimes when you sit with it you settle you learn you figure it out and you're like you know what that wasn't for me and I'm actually going exactly where I need to be so I think that resilience to go all right well yep that might have stopped but what can we do and that's that's our mum in coming through yeah like always positive Polly like trying to find yeah trying to find (laughs) yeah and dad's the negative Nancy sometimes but that's okay (laughs) yeah um but we love them both because they bring that but yeah yeah, the I think just yeah sometimes seeing seeing the good in sometimes the worst case scenario. Beautifully said. Now, just to add on that quickly, because we're going to probably have some young girls that are aspiring to be uh, yourself and Kelsey in the netball world, some young girls listening in and tuning in. What would be some, I guess, diamonds of advice you could give give them to, I guess, get to where you potentially got to? Oh, I, I do think that you've got to love what you do. Like in anything, if you're going to, if you're going to, Give time. You have to enjoy it. You have to love it. And if you're not loving it, then find something else that brings you joy right. and happiness. Because I don't think there's you can't you can't actually get better or give the time and give the energy. It's like you know, learning the guitars. Like Kelsey's great at it because she's spent hours and hours and do, yeah, and sit, like all of that. I haven't learned it because. One, I can't do it, but two, I'm not passionate about not to do it. So you have to like love and be passionate about it to give it that extra sacrifice to be good. And I then think also when 
opportunities arise through even my whole career and life journey. Like it might be because someone's injured. It might be because you were the second pick or whatever. Whenever an opportunity opens, you just got to take it yeah, and be ready, like be ready to take it. So don't be like, oh, well, is me. I didn't make the team and I'm not going <laughs> to like, no, if you want it, you will spend those hours. You will get better. So when your time is right. You're ready and you can absolutely own oh, it. Oh, there you go, folks. Maddie Brown, it's been a pleasure. Two-time Liz Alice Diamond champion on the episode. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for coming on the Unlaced podcast. You're an absolute uh, superstar in the sport and continuing to pave the way now behind the mic. So uh, it was a joy talking to you. Thank, thank you very much. Thanks so much for having me. Are you a podcaster? Maybe you've got that big idea and you're looking for a network to join. The multi-award winning Ozcast Network can get your content to eyes and ears all over the world. Join now for the first month free and you could be featuring this sound at the beginning of your podcast. Ozcast. Simply head to ozcastnetwork.com for details.